Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to another episode of My Muslim Family Podcast. Uh, in this episode I speak to uh, my teammate Zahira from Muslim Family Hub. Um, we talk about the the impact on the family life that um, I think the events in Palestine and the grief and the pain that have been happening have caused. Um, we talk about some reflections and really try to make sense of it from a from a human perspective, from a family perspective, um, and also find strength in the Quran in each other, um, and how best we discuss these things with our children. Let's jump right in. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Zahira. It's it's great that we finally managed to do this. I know it's hard to grab you with such little kiddies. <laughs> Yeah, no, alhamdulillah, really, really glad that we're doing this finally after such a long time. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. I think um, throughout our discussions over the last um, few months, we've kind of explored different topics to talk about. Um, and more recently, we thought we, we really need to explore um, the situation in Palestine. And mm -hmm. we thought it would be over by the time we actually got to recording but I am yeah. devastated to say that it's still very much happening um, so I think we'll just explore how how it's affected us as families and how um, it's awakened us in many ways um, yeah. and uh, yeah. and see how we we get on so you know two months later even lo longer than that now how ha has Palestine. I think when it all started, it was kind of like because there have been you know lots of other instances where um, the Palestinians have been targeted, and it's always been a lot more short-lived than this. Um, so I think when it all started, mm. in my head anyway, I thought you know hopefully, hopefully, inshallah, you know they'll kind of get not satisfied but they'll kind of do what they usually do and stop it's all um, blow over and things will calm down on. yeah yeah you know there'll be the international community they'll put pressure for a ceasefire and they'll ceasefire and then probably repeat <laughs> like in six months time or the usual kind of back and forth um this time around though i think the fact that it's gone on for so long it's really put a kind of cloud over everyone's heads because there's no end in sight as things stand. And I think mm -hmm. the best thing about the situation, as horrific as it is, is the fact that social media is such a big weapon in spreading what's happening, spreading awareness. I feel previously, there was always this um, excuse of people not knowing what's real information, what's reliable information, people kind of relying on mainstream media to get their information. Um, but this time around, it's been completely different. I feel the majority of people that I know anyway um, don't really bother with mainstream media anymore. It's all on social media. The people people are you know, doing Instagram lives while there are bombs fall, falling around them. So it can't really get any more real than that. Um, so in that sense, it's, I suppose, positive in a really horrible situation. But I think the yeah, yeah. downside of that is that it leaves a lot of people like you and I in the situation where we're taking in all this from social media and just feeling really helpless and in feeling like we can't really do much more um, than go to protests and boycott and spread awareness to help our brothers and sisters in Palestine. Um, they're going through unimaginable suffering. Nothing that we feel right now compares to any of what, what they're going through. But I think um, as a family and as parents especially, I think kids pick up on the mood kids pick up when you know we're distracted and we're constantly looking for updates and things like that um and it's a tricky one 
to explain to younger kids so I don't know I know you've got slightly older kids who are probably a lot more understanding mm. of the situation and what's happening um so I guess there probably are a lot more conversations happening in your household about what's happening yeah yeah I, I guess he brings their own unique um stage and experience to it um I definitely pick up on what you say about mainstream media um, I had a discussion with an uncle yesterday who said that so many people have been accessing Al Jazeera English um, yeah. more than before because they always deemed that as necessarily ex- extremist or um, not, you know, not going to give them the correct picture. But now reading that actually they really do need yeah. to hear things from a different perspective and it might not yeah. be as biased as... <laughs> probably mainstream media um so it's it's a blessing in some ways because i think it's given people um a more a a wider horizon um through which to see the world and some of the things and the truths that they've grown up with uh, uh, maybe are really coming under scrutiny now and they're having to re-examine a lot of their stereotypes and beliefs. And, and this is yeah. this is what I'm hoping will happen. And this is, I am seeing little glimmers of hope uh, that this is happening. Um, I guess my experience with, with older children is, is one of trying to make sure that I understand it to the best of my knowledge in order to be able to give them context because they will be hearing things from you know from social media they'll be seeing things and they'll be hearing things from their friends and their friends might have specific opinions on these situations based on their view and based on what on what they they've had from their family so it actually becomes quite a mixed picture um but really it's it's i guess in a, when when you come and, and across any situation that is kind of uncharted territory you feel like you need to be informed of those your children um so i've been reading and i've been checking out like documentaries and and um and videos from historians because historians have really done their research and they know the context and they know the history of this this whole conflict and it's really not about the now um because you know it just it does a grave injustice to you know, to uh, the the suffering of the Palestinians to just look at the now. Um, but I also wanted to pick up on what you said about, you know, this does happen from time to time. And, you know, over the last 75 years, it's been happening. And of course, in early years, it wasn't something that we were exposed to at all. But I think in the last two, three, even four decades, we have had reports and we have you know, we, we do get stories and I have Palestinian friends who report things and we get things reported through the media, the Arabic media especially. But it hasn't, I think, had the same, given us the same drive and the same urgency that I think it has this time. And this is what gives me some hope that it's all, you know, the, the world is almost mobilizing to to support them now. Yeah. Um, And I think it's, it's also conjured up a lot of guilt for me because I think the more I read and the more I see, the more I realize it's over the last decades. And it's it, this is that we haven't really tackled it Islamically at all. Um, yes, everybody's busy. Yes, everybody's got their day to day problems and we've got our own children to raise and so on. But Islam wants us yeah. to see it so much more widely than that. Uh, there are many hadith and so many ahad that that say you know if your neighbor is you know sleeps hungry then and and you you don't know about it or you don't help them or you're not in a position to to uh, support them yeah. then you're not a muslim and, and that's, it's quite profound yeah. really it's there's such a huge yeah. emphasis on community but it can be easy yeah. to say this is just too painful you know i'll give a bit of money and then i'll go about my day um so it's really tricky in that sense. I don't know how how you feel about this because it's I I it's it's something that I've generally tried to avoid reading painful nonfiction things over time. It's only recently yeah. in the last few years that I've been facing, you know, genocides and suffering and mm. um 
and it, it's it wasn't something that I put myself in before um but I feel like we we that's not an option that we have as Muslims yeah not just as Muslims but even I think like you said you know this has been happening for 75 years but now suddenly you know this time it seems to be a bigger deal for everyone globally and I think perhaps one of the reasons for that is previously we'd get a report here report there I remember as kids, like, I remember this one year, I must have been, I think maybe 11, 12. Um, and I went to mm. like a mosque program and I went to the kids classes or club or whatever. And they were talking about it there, like something was happening in Palestine. And so I remember like one of the teachers there just saying like, this is what's happening. Um, you know, we need to pray for our Palestinian brothers and sisters. And that was that. And then you know, just didn't hear anything again until the next time something happened. Whereas this yeah. time I feel like because of social media, it's so constant. The information output is so constant. And also if you're on any form of social media, it's just unavoidable unless you, you know, put your settings to block out any Palestine related content. That's all there is mostly at the moment anyway, for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And while that can be really overwhelming, like you said, really painful, I think to take that pain and channel it into some sort of activism and some kind of drive to try and make the little difference that we can um, is really important. Otherwise, I feel that pain can then translate into something else negative and you start snapping at your kids or, you know, feeling unproductive feeling just down in the dumps not you know not functioning um how we want to function so i think it's really important to mm. absolutely do as much as we can from our our side and make sure that we're doing our part as muslims especially um because like you said there's such a huge emphasis i think that probably on... did happen in the first few days um or weeks even mm. i think there was such yeah shock and horror and and it was just it, it, we were in a very dark place i think um we 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 had no, no idea what to do except pray but i feel like as things have progressed number one i think that first stage of of shock has to pass mm. at some point and you have to move to action yeah um and and number two, you feel like this is the tea. There has to be something that's channeled out of this because we all have a responsibility. And I think even the youngsters, they have a responsibility to this. And in a way, I think growing up in the West, um, it's very easy to kind of become very centric and if not centric, then family centric. And obviously, Islam doesn't tell us to neglect ourselves or our families, but that's not where it stops. And it's not enough to say, well, you know, apart from people who are going through extreme difficulties themselves with their health or with their families and and have, have to kind of balance their own well-being and so on. But it's not enough to say, well, I have enough on my plate here at the moment. I think there's always yeah. something and, you know, subhanAllah, we are all different with different skills. Um, and like you say, moving from that state of grief and shock has to be a way then to try to contribute in some way, no matter how small and no matter which yeah. way, which way it is. So I, I um, you know, even the community, I think, has moved from those stages where initially it was just people were even too shocked shock to share it, it was too shock too shocking yeah. if I even talk about and then yeah. it became it started to being talked about and then even community started mobilizing there's been fundraisers um there was yeah. an um kind of a, a workshop run by Dr. Jafar Ladakh recently um yeah. Sheikh Jafar Ladakh and he he talked about our responsibility as Muslims and and what in the Quran that that kind of placed that emphasis on us that we do have to be out there and you know, our role models, the prophets and the imams were not 
silent about these things mm. and they couldn't have been silent about these injustices yeah. they put themselves out there they put themselves at risk and they put themselves especially at um you know in unpopular positions and this is yeah. something that i think we are fearful of and i'm i'm definitely fearful of this i don't like being disliked i don't yeah. like being the center of attention yeah. in a negative way um but it's almost becoming there's something bigger at stake don't you absolutely. think absolutely absolutely i think um i i definitely agree i think there's always this hesitance um when it comes to Muslim issues, I think, I think, unfortunately, we almost feel apologetic for, you know, yeah. putting all these things on our social media, making other people uncomfortable, perhaps. Um, but actually, what I've found mm. is, like you said, there are glimmers of hope, you know, there are so many people I've seen sometimes when I see something on social media, you know, a video of something that's happened or images or whatever, and I go through the comment section and genuinely there are people who just weren't aware. And if it wasn't for us sharing what we're sharing and, you know, millions of other people sharing what they're sharing, then a lot of people would just have the narrative that they have in their head um, about the whole history of Israel-Palestine and, and go with that. Um Further than that, though, the one thing that's really stood out to me is the interest people have taken in Islam because of the resilience of the Palestinian mm. people. Um, and it's funny because even as Muslims, I think we're pretty amazed at how strong these people are considering what they're going through. And it gives us a lot to learn, a lot to learn. Um and honestly, no words can really emphasize how tragic it is what they're going through. Um, but there are some glimmers and I sometimes think to myself, you know, maybe this is why um, Allah is yeah. you know, putting them through this test. Maybe there is some byproduct that's actually positive in all this suffering, um, which is very easy for me to say, you know, sitting thousands of miles away but sometimes that's yeah. kind of what we need to think about in order yeah. not to not to become too stagnant in that upset yeah i think you're right it's it's about seeing it from a you know it's taking a step back from the suffering and seeing that that you know allah is totally in control and there is wisdom in this and it's taken yeah it's often taken some really horrifying um, events and, you know, kind of turns in history for, for things to change and for people to be awakened. Um, yeah. And the best way to, to kind of see that is, like you say, through the lenses of people who are newly dis discovering it. Um, I've always noticed and I tell my children this anytime they you know they say Arabic is too hard to learn um, yeah. that people who revert to Islam um, or those who discover Arabic at a later age are the ones who really mm. you know commit and appreciate it yeah. for for what it is for the beauty and yeah. for the I think the main messages that sometimes we overlook because we've grown up with it yeah. and we just it's it's not something that we, we take it for you know, we bring in so much culture and yeah. alhamdulillah culture is, is beautiful as well yeah yeah we really do we really do and we we i think the people who who revert kind of almost have a fresh perspective and they see it right from the uh, from the grassroots which is which yeah. is beautiful um and this is this is what i've seen in the comments as well it's it's the similar sort of experience people reading quranic ayat for the first time that i've been reading all my life but actually giving them new meanings and and yeah. giving them new insights and new reflections it's it's really yeah really wonderful to see and it's not something that i expected if you'd asked me in the beginning of 2023 could this happen by the end of the year yeah. it's it's not something i would ever anticipated yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like it's one thing to read it's, the Quran, um, but you know, yeah. it always baffled me when people said, um, prior to this conflict, you know, 
and especially when I was younger, I never really understood what it meant when people said, you know, um, hold on to the Quran, hold on to the Quran. You know, in my head, it was kind of like, okay, if you're going through a hard time, just kind of read the Quran, recite the Quran and distract yourself from whatever you're going through. But actually, it's things like this that remind us that the Quran is always there for us in every trial. And it's not just a form of distraction, but it's actually a solace and a place to find solutions and heal ourselves, really. So, uh, yeah, definitely been really, really eye-opening. Yeah, I think one of the um, one of the main takeaway points for me from uh, Sheikh Jafar Ladakh's talks was that the the Quran we we don't often talk about this, but it was actually revealed in a very sequential way, and the first emphasis was on purifying our soul in order to be help to help others. And one way to do that is to spend a lot of time with the Quran, spend a lot of time on reflection. So I think um, yes. one of the some of the earliest surah, the two of the earliest were Surah Al-Mudathir and Surah Al-Muzzammil. Mm-hmm. And they both address the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and tell him to spend his nights in prayer, to spend his nights reciting the Quran because this Quran will purify his soul and will help yeah. him to access Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messages and give him the capacity in order to be able to help others. Um, and this is something that I think we neglect. And it even says in the Quran, you know, that, that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi, um, complains that the, the ummah has neglected the Quran. And, you know, that it's, yeah. it's, it's just a book at home, at gathering dust. Um, and it's, yeah. It's it's really our loss. It's not, you know, it's an it's an injustice to the Quran and to the messages in it. But it's yeah. our loss because we are, can reap so many benefits from it, and we can really elevate ourselves through this Quran. And as we've seen from the scenes from Palestine, they are, you know, they they use it in times where you know the 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 pain, the physical pain, the emotional pain is so excruciating. And it gives them that solace. But that doesn't happen overnight. That happens because they've been connecting with it throughout their lives. It's because they're growing up with it. Um, Not just turning to it in times of trial, but turning to it all the time in order to to build that strength in the first place. Absolutely. I was was actually reading um, a book last week about, you know, the etiquettes of supplication and what the Ahlul have said about it and it was really mm-hmm. interesting because they said that um, if you want I think it said something like if you make yourself known to Allah during times of ease then he will know you in times of adversity I think that's from one of the Imam's hadith and um, yeah it just goes to what you say that's like it's, it's not you know a last resort when everything else has failed and things are just going haywire and then you pick up the quran and try and look for a solution but it's actually you know a a build-up of a relationship with the quran um to the point where it kind of changes us and just makes us stronger makes us more resilient um to trials and tribulations because in some ways and this is always something that's really astounded me about the message of Imam Hussein um, as well, because you think in the middle of battle and in such hardship, Imam Hussein would prioritize prayer, you know, in the in our worldview of prayer or, or, you know, mine and what I've grown up with is, you know, prayer is a duty. It's something that you do and you need to do it. And as I've grown up, I've really developed this idea that actually prayer gives you something. It's not just a case of I need to do it. It's actually keeping that connection going. It's keeping you strong. So it doesn't chip your facing. It's not that it becomes less of a duty and therefore it can be left. Actually, you need it more than ever. And yeah. And the the videos emerging from from Palestine of of the beautiful recitation of the Quran just sounds like they've been prioritizing it for all their lives. Um, And they've built that strong connection, which has helped them cope with these adversities. And and I know from um, when I make Quran a habit every day, 
you know, and, you know, sometimes, I mean, my mom always used to say just five ayahs a day, just five ayahs, read it in the morning or on the way to work. Um, And when that's a habit, actually, it stays with you all day. And absolutely, it will develop, it will almost impact how you think that day and it will have new meanings depending on what you go through that day. Because subhanAllah, we do yeah. believe it's like a living, it's a living Quran. So it's not something that yeah. is very passive. It is something that is actually mm-hmm. supporting us throughout. So yeah. you'll read it, yeah. you'll think, oh, wow, that's beautiful. It sounds nice. You know, I feel I've done something good now. But you'll go out into the world yeah. and it will give you something. Yeah. And and I've definitely absolutely. felt that when I make it a habit, it's it absolutely enhances my my experience that day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if you remember that recently, well, not recently, it's been a few months now, but I wrote an article for Muslim Family Hub about the Quranic family workshop that we did with Imran Nikaki. And he was mm-hmm. talking about how to yes. kind of make a Quran a part of your life as a family. And one of the things he recommended mm. was preferably in the morning, first thing in the morning, um, as a family or you and your spouse, pick up the Quran, just pick a random verse and just see how it speaks to you throughout the day. And uh, it's definitely not coincidence, but I feel like, you know, the last few months we were going through a bit of a health thing with my eldest and the really tough days, um, the verses that came up, would just speak to me and I'd be like oh my god like Allah is sending me a message a really clear message or even like you know we all have these Quran apps on our phone and they'll have like verse of the day and it'll just pop up randomly in the middle of the day and so many times I find when it pops up you know it's like getting a WhatsApp notification now for me because I'm like okay let's see what Allah's telling me today let's see what the message is right now and look at it and a lot of the time it's just so relevant it's always relevant but a lot of the time it's just so obviously relevant um and yeah like you said it's it just makes us feel how alive the quran is and that it's not just something to be read and put away but actually um this is allah's form of communication with us yeah yeah and and you're right about making it a a habit as a family because this then stays with the children and it's something that they take into their adulthood. It gives them a sense of comfort, a sense of support. Um, And it it really isn't about the quantity. I I have a a few nieces who are going, mashallah, to to Umrah very soon. And I told them that the du'as are wonderful and the, the, you know, the Quran is, is wonderful. And I'm sure you'll have both of them in your bag at all times, but also just sit and reflect on what you're reading. Just it does. It's not about the quantity. And I think we've grown up with so much quantity. You know, finish the whole of the Quran in Ramadan, and and it's amazing if you can do that. I'm not, not knocking it at all, but I think sometimes the emphasis is on the quantity, whereas the yeah. the enjoyment and I think and the reflection and the the yeah. pauses are in the you know doing a little bit and yeah. then really thinking about what it says. And I like the idea of that notification yeah. because it's just one verse. And if you take a yeah. verse in isolation, there is so much meaning in it, but you can easily overlook that yeah. if you're doing five pages or if you're doing 10 pages and that verse yeah. won't speak to you in the same way. And especially, obviously, yeah. learning the English, I encourage my children to learn the English because if it's not their first language, and unfortunately, I wish it was, but it isn't, um, Yeah, they really need to benefit from what the messages are and not just about the beauty of the recitation and and the yeah. and the words which are also obviously so much reward in that but but taking it a step further and really understanding what Allah is trying to tell me because this is like you say his communication with us yeah 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 I think that uh, you know people can go back and listen to their podcast with um, Imran Ali Khaki because he is really mm-hmm. enthusiastic about supporting families yeah. um yeah. to connect with the Quran I think it's something that really sense from his Instagram page and also I picked up some really great tips from his podcast yeah, with MJ absolutely. I think um, that he did a few months ago he so it's yeah 
one of the things that he mentioned um, in his workshop actually was this app called Quran Hadi. I think it's available for iPhones and Android. Mm. But basically, the app has this feature where you can search the translation and the tafsir for any word, and then it will bring up all the verses related to that. So whenever I'm feeling a particular way, rather than kind of picking a verse at random, I'll just type in like, you know, if I'm like, I don't know, for example, if I'm thinking about like a grudge I have against someone, I just typed in grudge and it will come up with all these verses talking or referring to, you know, grudges and all this kind of thing. And it's just so like, subhanAllah, technology has really made it easy for us. I feel like we just don't have an excuse. And like you said, if, if we're missing out, you know, we're missing out massively and it is truly our loss um, if we're not utilizing the Quran. It makes it so relevant. Um, I I really like that, that, um, you know, the, the, the use of apps, I think there's so much psychology in developing these apps. And, you know, sometimes we'll turn to calming, you know, classical music or relaxation or nature sounds. And there's nothing wrong with any of those. But also being able to recognize that actually the Quran does all of that for us as well. Um, And and more. Sometimes we just um, underestimate what's already under our nose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I found that with a lot of with a lot of things, actually, because I'm I have a really deep interest in mental health and psychology as well. And having done a lot of courses and read a lot of books and then I come back to the Hadith and I realize actually there's so much of it that we already have. But sometimes we almost need to, you know, and I'm ashamed ashamed to say this almost needs to be validated externally for us to really appreciate it and for us to really take it on board. which yeah. is such a shame. Partly that, and I think, yeah, partly validation. I think partly it's just not packaged in the form of like a TikTok video or an Instagram reel or carousel. So then it just takes that bit yeah. more effort for us yeah. to actually go and look at hadith and sit there and think about it rather than someone kind of making it really digestible for us on social media. Yeah. Yeah. And the translations sometimes don't really do it justice. So it's a, uh, you know, unless it's a really good translation, you don't really get the essence of it. And sometimes it it, it doesn't yeah. even convey the right message. Um, so it doesn't connect you in the, with you in the same way. But the other thing I found yeah. about um, the Quran in relation to Palestine is it, you know, in studying a lot of the previous history and the stories of the past, it, it again, it gives you so much more objective activity and you kind of pull yourself out of this distress and helpless state and you realize that everything is tending towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the whole world is tending towards a certain place and and it's this is all part of the process as difficult as it may be for for you know the people um to witness it's it's about believing that this is inherently um going to get us where we need to go and it's and the, the I ha, I actually grew up um, with a lot of Sunni um, friends, and they have a big emphasis. I don't know if we have the same in Shia um, Islam, a big emphasis on reading Surah Al-Kahf on Fridays, and Surah Al-Kahf is actually such a beautiful, beautiful surah, because the whole idea of it is that you know the people of the cave were so. Um, uh, I, I don't know when you know in such despair you know they believed what they believed in secret they hid their faith they couldn't imagine a world where their faith was recognized and respected or even you know accepted yeah. um, and just you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed them that physically he didn't sort of do that through their progenies or through um, other yeah. other ways he actually re- preserved them to show them how things work and how they they will be able yeah. to witness better days in the future and I think it's such a message of hope that yeah you know, and uh, people will go through different difficulties in their lives at different times. You know, Palestine is so unique and it's it's such a driver for um, the world to awaken at this time. And really, it should have done 
and, and happen so much sooner. And inshallah, I really feel like this is a turning point. And you know, from what I hear, this is an absolute turning point, inshallah, for the whole region. And Allah will, you know, make them victorious. But it's it's about recognizing that this is, you know, these trials and tribulations, they are short-lived. And even if they are, you know, they, they take up a, a, a good proportion of your life that's still short-lived compared to, the, the role of humanity and the the whole kind of the you know the 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 kind of the start to finish of humanity the whole progression the yeah. whole journey is yeah. tending towards something and we are just a small part of it and we play but we play a pivotal role and it's really not about the outcome um, and I think so much yeah. of the the hope that I am trying to instill in myself and my children is that it's about the striving and it's about the journey and it's not about the outcome. The outcome might be something that we see in our lifetimes or it might be something mm. that we don't see. And many of the imams didn't see the outcomes in their lifetimes. Many yeah. of the prophets didn't, yeah. but they didn't stop working and they didn't stop striving and they didn't stop, stop having faith and supplicating and asking Allah and having hope. Um, so it's uh, yeah. it's really reframing the whole situation, isn't it? Yeah, and absolutely. And I think yeah. for me particularly, it's really reframed that idea of supplication because I feel like as kids, it's such a simplistic concept. Like it's oversimplified. It's like you're in a situation and it's not the way you want it to be so then you ask and ask and ask Allah and it's like you're trying to convince him to do something or convince him to change something as if he doesn't already know what's best for us Um, but actually the whole process of du'a like if we look at the etiquette um, that are recommended by the Ahlul Bayt like you know they recommend istighfar they recommend praising Allah um, really softening your heart before asking for your needs, things like that, you know, humbling ourselves. Um, and even if we just read extensively about what the other baits have said about du'a and how to go about it, um, very quickly, I think we realize that actually du'a is almost like a therapeutic thing that's supposed to change us from within before it changes the situation around us. Um, and I think sometimes... Yeah. You know, when we go for Ziara, like this, I think this might be a good example to use when we go for Ziara. And before we go, we're thinking of all like the difficulties we have in our lives. And we're like, I'm going to ask the imam to help me with this. I'm going to ask the imam to help me with that. And you have this long list and then you get there and you're in front of the imam and you just forget everything. And I think, I don't know if you've been through this, Zainab, but for me, when I was younger, I would be annoyed at myself for forgetting because I thought, oh my God, like these are really important things and now I'm going to forget and, you know, I'm not going to ask for what I want and then I'm going to go back to the same problems. And actually, just last week, I came across um, a saying of Imam Sadiq, where he says something along the lines of that moment where you forget your needs, that is Allah answering your needs. And that really kind of reframed everything for me because I thought you know that it sometimes we ask for our needs but we have such a specific outcome in mind and if Allah's response doesn't match that exactly then we think he didn't listen to us or he didn't hear us but actually Allah says right we if, if you call me I will answer you but it's just we need to be more open to what answer he'll give and what response we'll get back yeah I, I love that. I love that because it's um, it's about. I, I like that forgetting your needs is Allah answering them because it's almost they're paling into insignificance. Um, yeah. Once you're in a place, you know, a holy place, and and you you feel so much so much more connected, then your problems kind of almost just kind of sift away. Um, but it yeah. gives you that strength and that drive to face those same problems. So it's not necessarily about the problems going away. It's about having the strength and the hope and the yeah. and the faith to be able to move through them and to see them differently, which is which is great. Um, I also liked what yeah. you said about 
having to change ourselves and our own mindset because actually as parents and as wives and um we we often have to do this we grow up with this idea that um yeah this person you know I'll get along with this person when they change or you know my child's yeah. behavior needs to change because you know to make this okay but yeah. it's about how we change around that situation and how we change in that relationship dynamic and then that will actually and that's that's all the the power we have the only power we have is to change yeah. how we react and how the attitude that we have so it's actually a very empowering yeah. message rather than disempowering but Absolutely, taking yeah. that self-centric view <coughs> and turning it on its head almost isn't it yeah absolutely i think particularly when it comes to children's behavior <laughs> when they're younger um i could definitely agree with you that mm -hmm. sometimes i think we just get so stressed and so fixated on fixing their behavior um not realizing that actually if we create the right environment if we change ourselves then they'll probably follow yeah which follows on from this you know is it actually a problem or is it some you know kind of a normal part of life that I just need to navigate through and, and learn different skills yeah. for and change my attitude and maybe explore my attitude and my my beliefs around this and I think before I kind Absolutely. of um, learned a lot more about how how to think of and approach about approach parenting it was always about the situation it was never about the people and the um, you know the behavior as a form yeah. of communication it was the behavior was about the behavior yeah. and the behavior need to change um, so it's it's again taking that step back and and that objectivity just gives you a, a much a, a much bigger broader holistic picture then you you come out of your emotions almost you feel that this is you know we're in this together all of us are yeah. are you know striving for yeah. a connection we're striving to be better people we're striving to to you know get some get our needs met nobody's trying to be evil yeah. um and this yeah. is the, the, you know, it helps you to be more compassionate about that relationship as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think there's an element of faith required in taking that path because sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, if we decide to let go of the behavior, for example, there's always this niggling thought in the back of your mind saying, if you don't address it now, it's going to become a problem. If you don't address it now, it's going to become a problem. And yeah, panic. To, it really takes yeah. a lot of, yes, it takes so much effort to kind of not go into panic mode and not um, give up too easily in kind of taking a more yeah. holistic approach rather than just coming down hard and saying, this yeah. needs to stop. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of strength required to do that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think it's, uh, I mean, we're all a work in progress, I guess. And, you know, as we, you know, we weren't meant to do this alone. That's why we need kind of help from um, the family and we need yeah. really help from others who can, you know, upskill us and educate us and, um, and the community plays such a, a vital, vital role in the role of, you know, every child. And and that's something that has really, you know, taking it back to Palestine, that has been so inspiring is that community spirit. Yeah. And they are yeah. so tightly knit. Um, you don't even know which one is the dad because there is four or five you know, men trying to get children yeah. um, to the hospital and, you know, comforting them. And, you know, they're, they're ev everybody's everybody's child. You know, it's it's that it's that real yeah. collective force that Brotherhood. that really points to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and yeah, and it, this, it really feels like this is this is how we all should be. Um, but seeing it yeah. play out in such distressing scenes. Yeah, just shows us how how far detached we are from this um you know we you know i live in a very busy city in london where actually sometimes people will you know somebody will mug somebody on the, on the street or somebody will fall over or collapse and, and actually rarely do people come in and help yeah. um and for yeah. such distressing um events and, and situations and and you think how can how can we move from something like this to such brotherhood and community? And it's really for that collective um, 
collective sense of of faith, collective humanity, um, really feeling you know the the needs of others, and it's not just in Palestine. I feel the palest the Palestinian conflict, the Palestinian suffering has brought that out in the wider world community you just see the the um the you know the huge numbers in the protests whether it's in you know developed and developing countries and it doesn't it doesn't matter how rich you are actually some of the poorest countries are offering the biggest support um and these marches are have been so comforting to see people of different faiths from different backgrounds um people that you wouldn't normally expect to necessarily be interested in this but are you know are awakened to the injustice want to help and the the community aspect of it i think has been something that hopefully has given us a glimpse of what things could be like you know if we all work together for the same purpose and and broke free from these um, kind of this self-centric um, attitude and broke free from the commercialism, the materialism, and and you know through these boycotts, like you say, we've realised actually there's we really need to be more mindful in what we buy and why we buy it, and I think the why has been a really big thing for me because things have become so easy to buy, and so and and items have become so disposable that there is huge buying power but actually it doesn't serve us as individuals or as families at all and again we really need to look more carefully at what we are buying and that is a muslim or even a human responsibility and so there's lots of ways that we can support um ourselves to reach kind of more god-centric you know, this is what Muslim Family Hub is about, is about becoming, you know, supporting families to become more God-centric. And one of those, and we did that in a recent article as well in Muslim Family Hub, and people can find that, about becoming a more mindful consumer and more ethical consumer. Because we've really had to scrutinize what we buy and who we bank with and what the organizations that we support, who they support. Um, And not necessarily in, you know, states and so on, but actually the kind of, um, initiatives they support, Moral. looking at yeah. those and whether we really want to be contributing to that. So it's it's yeah. been a, such That's an awakening, you know, as we approach the end of 2023, I think it's been such an awakening yeah. this year for us in lots and lots of different ways. It's meant that we've had to re-examine our lives in many ways and yes, restrict yeah. ourselves, but I think that's because we had really lost control. I agree with you. And I think one thing that's come out of it, for me anyway, and probably for a lot of other people, is sometimes when we kind of think about thinking this way and being more mindful, it almost sounds too difficult. And for mm-hmm. me, it was kind of like, oh, this is going to be such a hassle. This is going to be so difficult, you know, yeah. trying to find alternatives yeah. to this, that, and the other. But actually, not just from a moral perspective but just from a well-being perspective the idea of just becoming a lot more minimal with our consuming has really been good for for us um and i think you know again there are so many positive byproducts to this horrific situation um and i think one way in which we can maybe just feel a little bit more not I don't want to say feel better about ourselves in the situation but one way that we can be you know show show our gratitude to Allah in all situations is to really learn lessons from what's happening around us um yeah and like I said at the start of this podcast that a lot of us are really feeling helpless um you know even fundraising donating towards aid and things you know there's doubt over whether the Palestinians are receiving much aid, if any. Um, It's a very tricky situation, but I think one thing that we can all do that Allah probably wants from us in this situation is to take these lessons and act on them um, and not just be all talk or, you know, oh, I feel really bad about the situation, but then we're not willing to change ourselves. Um, So, yeah, 
alhamdulillah for, for all these yeah. opportunities and these messages that Allah is sending to us through what's happening right now in Palestine. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with that. And there is an ayah in the Quran. I don't know which surah it's from, but it's um it says and you know Allah will not change a people unless they change from within yeah, and I think within means individually yeah. but also as a community and if we are more mindful yeah. as a community and more responsible as a community then inshallah we will see better days and we will see the end to this this darkness because it really has been you know it's it's uh absolutely horrifying and you know our thoughts yeah. and prayers every single day are with them um and inshallah we see a free palestine in our lifetimes but you know like i said earlier it's not about the outcome and you know i love what you said about the lessons it's about the lessons that we take the you know what we teach our children in order that they are able to stand for injustice in even small ways every single day in every yeah. decision whether it's at school or at work or with their friends um and it's it's all about learning and becoming better as a result of our experiences and inshallah we yeah. we pray for them and we pray for a free palestine inshallah and have every hope inshallah. and faith that it will happen inshallah 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 thank you for your time zahira it's been a uh insightful and uh, nice kind of up. i think it's been a really good yeah. reflective discussion yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Inshallah, we'll do it again. We yeah, hope to well. do more of these team yeah. team podcasts um, amongst Inshallah. the sort of other external guest ones because it just gives us an you know an, an opportunity to explore current events and you know the stages yeah. that we're at with our parenting and you know in an informal yeah. sort of setting. So thank you for your time and thank get you, back Zena. to your girls. You. Um, inshallah, yeah, everything's inshallah. going well. Enjoy the kind of the break over the Christmas uh, Christmas time. Yeah. And um, inshallah, I'll speak to you very soon. Fi amanullah. Thank you, Zainal. I hope you found that conversation um, comforting, at least from a standpoint of knowing that you're not alone. If you are feeling deep grief, um, we are feeling collective community grief. Um, grief within families and individuals as well and it doesn't really look like there are signs of anything improving um, even a hundred days on now no easy solutions um, and no obvious answers um, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needs us to be patient wants us to be patient and it's not about the outcome it's about the journey and the and the growth and the patience that we learn through this process and inshallah, this is something that we can draw strength from, um, knowing that our duty is to learn, to reflect, to improve, um, and to trust the process and not be so attached to the outcome. Um, and inshallah, that'll serve as a an example to our children, um, giving them hope, um, that when they do go through difficulty or they see others going through difficulty they stick to what their role is and what their duty is and not worry about the outcome necessarily we pray for peace for everyone um, and for victory for the Palestinian people and freedom inshallah fi amanullah